from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 14th, 2014. It's Valentine's Day or V-Day. VD. I don't know. I think that's something thing. else. No, no, no. That's a whole different problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the birthday boy, Eddie Koffoltz. Yeah. Cameron, it is Yay, Valentine's Day. Thank you, and I love you. It's Valentine's Day. And I just wanted to tell you that. I love you. I love all of you. Back at you, buddy. Thanks, pal. <laughs> on, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, very apropos, uh, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And I have to preface, I'm a little off my game today. I have a uh, double pink eye. <laughs> and, uh, right yeah, I can't go. even, I can't read or, or do anything. <laughs> it's really spoiled the Olympics for me. Man. It's unfortunate. Uh, and, on the, and on the Skype line from the tundra of Chicago, Illinois, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. And over there, our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, Chad Michael Snape. Hello, friends. I am a little, um, I have dry mouth right now. Um, I'm a little nervous. And I'm downing flavored water like nobody's business yeah. because we record this on Wednesday oh my gosh. on the 12th, your mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah. Thank you. And, and right right after this, we're doing our very first live candy. Q&A. No, after candy. Video, po- video oh. podcast. Oh, that. And I don't get nervous. Like, I, I'm not. So, but I, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big. I mean, it's Michael Gunger, my buddy. We're friends. It's not a big deal. But the thing of doing it live, yeah. And I've been doing this eight years. But the thing of doing something live, you're no big deal to you. You're on a stage. No big deal to Shauna. She speaks all the time. I'm not used to not being able to be edited. Right. Right. Because people, people that don't, people, people don't may not realize that we do the show and it comes out to what like an hour two, and twenty minutes. Sometimes. Right. But we do two hours and there's a lot of riffing in there. There's a lot of regrets. There's a lot of no, no, no. God, no, edit that. We can't possibly yeah. say that. But now you don't get to be edited. No. You just have to and my personality is to say inappropriate things mm-hmm. to poke the bear. And I'm afraid I'm going to do this live. No, well, number one, number two, the worst thing that I'm I'm terrible at is. These these segments that we intro, you know, like we'll have a guest or something like that. Chad will write out this thoughtful six paragraph bio, and I'm just fumbling all over it. We'll do seven takes, and I'm like, you know, and I don't really care because we can do seven takes. And I have to like intro this thing and not sound like an idiot. The advice is typically, you know, be yourself. But maybe the advice today is <laughs> maybe tone not be yourself. yourself. No, <laughs> no, that's not good. Be that's, someone no. else. Yeah, yeah. just be, be, right? be Shauna. I wore a tie. I literally, I'm like, I need to be a professional. You do look very handsome. Be Shauna. They, I think that's an interesting idea. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to further the anxiety. <laughs> Uh, but I got a message from Michael Gunger this morning, and he also has double pink eye. <laughs> so everybody has pink eye. Yeah, it's going around. And I got um, dry mouth, which is going to turn into double pink eye. Yeah. So Shauna, so, Shauna, give me some tips. Shauna, I've been eating nothing but fries and pizza all day. Is that right? Did mm-hmm, I get that right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's my plan okay. generally. Yeah. And then really, my only goal. I, I have three goals when I speak publicly. That's it. Speak English. Yep. Don't swear. Don't fall down. That's it. So if I get off stage and I have spoken English, I have not sworn, 
and I did not fall down. It's just a win. That's that's it. I've run through this a couple of times this morning. I'm struggling with number two and three. Well, you're sitting, so you're only struggling with number two. I fell off the chair once. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you're, oh, boy. You're struggling with number two because of that cheese. That's going to run through you. <laughs> nice. So by the time this show comes out, the whatever happened on the live thing happened, and it is now in the annals of history and forever available careful. to be viewed. Careful. What? Very careful. <laughs> Enunciate the word. What did I, did I say it wrong? I, and I think you said it right. I, I, it I, I, I'm too- pretty sure you nailed it. It's a, <laughs> you're, you're, you're walking a tightrope, but uh. well, I'm struggling with number two of Shauna's yeah, list. But, but at least, at least with this, is what you're saying is, if for a moment like that, there's a net. <laughs> right. There's a net. Right. You, you, otherwise, you're man on the wire. Walking across the Twin Towers, you know, you're that weird little French guy. I'm a flying woolen, though, over the Grand Canyon talking yeah. to Michael Gunger. Hey, um, can I, maybe an idea would be to ask Michael Gunger how he deals with nerves and sort of, like, make this part of the conversation, because I'm sure he got scared getting on stage in front of people. But I'm not, like, I don't have, like, butterflies. I have, like, like it's really weird. Like, it, like just mentally, though, I'm like, you were, Chad. Yeah. It's stressed about it too. Here, here's the thing. Like I told Cameron earlier, I said I'm stressed about it, and I'm not even going to be on camera. But I'm just stressed that everything works together and you know goes off without a hitch mm-hmm. and everything. It's the reason that that I growing up never liked live sound situations. I always like to be in the studio producing things because you can craft it, you can make mistakes, and before anyone sees it or hears it, it's perfect. Yeah. Live, you have all these floating variables, and something could happen, and somebody could run in and you know streak across the camera or something like that, which I, I hope doesn't happen during the Michael Gunger podcast. Well, I, I, I should say, too, that I've purposely put a couple things in motion to sabotage this, <laughs> to see how good you guys are. Number five. So, so know that. <laughs> well, and Michael has a couple, Cameron, I think you've heard these. Michael has a couple truly spectacular, like the show must go on stories where like weird things have happened to him in the middle of live performances. And he just had to like manage it anyway. So I think you're dealing with a pro. I think anything that happens, Michael's going to be fine. Like he... He fell through a stage. He did once, fall through a stage. Yeah, that's true. And ended up like waist high in the stage. <laughs> wow. And totally just kept going. That rules. That's impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> Cameron, is the nature of your fear that you're going to say something a little bit inappropriate? No, that no, you no. Because I find that funny. I, no, I'm not worried about what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. I, here's the thing. It's more like Chad. <laughs> okay. I'm even more nervous. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't mind saying inappropriate stuff. When okay. I, I, actually, my sense that one of my greatest joys in life is when I meet somebody new saying something incredibly awkward. Yeah. I like I just enjoy them watching their reaction. But I will say to your credit, your I've experienced this. <laughs> that is well, true. I've I've heard about that story <laughs> and how you guys met and talked for the first time. But I feel like that's a good thing because if someone can kind of get you right away, I feel like you you skip the first two weeks of knowing someone sure. with that. Boom. Yeah, We're you, tight. you just put you if if you can experience someone very very uncomfortable right out of the gate, then there's nothing <laughs> yeah. to hide at that point. No, what yeah, that's why when I have a server at the at the restaurant, I always ask an inappropriate question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always, servers love that. Yeah, and I don't tip either because that's uncomfortable. <laughs> But if I go back, I will give them a generous eleven percent. Like, like, what do you ask? Like, uh, like, like, what makes you cry? Or who? Hurt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who hurt and then, you? Yeah, and then I, yeah, and you follow it up with a stupid salsa joke. Salsa. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I list numerous allergies that I may or may not have. <laughs> I pull out a. <laughs> I pull out a little a little notepad and I start reading off allergies and make them tell me if anything at this restaurant puts me at risk. Gluten, water chestnuts, yeah, Carrot, <laughs> carrots, but only the ones that still have the little end attached to it. Uh, we're still not we're still not sure what the source of this pink eye is. Um, yeah. Next, okay. 
I had asthma when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I thought you too. The two of you with live a lot of live experience would be able to give me some tips. I gave you my tips. You said don't swear and don't fall down. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's just, it. just what? Here's I'll throw out a piece of advice. You yeah. know, if the conversation gets stale and you run out of things to say, mm-hmm. just have a couple of default questions in your back pocket. That's what I always do. Like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. <laughs> What's your what sp- is your favorite day of the week? I yeah. think the question you asked Rank me... Rank them one through seven. Yeah, the question you asked me, uh, Jesse, on my first week was, what's your spirit animal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, these are, these are called default. These get you out of a jam and get you back on track. Yeah. I think the other thing that's freaking me out about this is, like, this is episode one of a new endeavor. Oh, and yeah, in this yeah. last week... Oh, right. <laughs> it lives 500 in episodes of the Relevant Podcast became live again on the, on the Twitter or the, the internet... And and all these people are going back to the awful first ten and pointing out how awful they are. And you know, like like anything, you t- it takes a little while to figure out, get your legs, find your voice. Right. We we dramatically evolved <laughs> in that first year, and it's like they're they're pointing out about how terrible it was. And I'm going, we didn't know at the time it was terrible. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like. I think I'm scared of hindsight about what we're about to do. It's a yeah. new thing, episode one, and I'm like, oh man, in two years we're going to cringe when we look back at this. It is. It's really hard, too, having all that there because people are really astute and they're like, oh, Cameron mentioned Amy Winehouse in whatever episode. And oh, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like making fun of, like, is she still alive? Yeah. And then, like, she died soon thereafter. But I can assure the listeners that if you had known that Amy would have passed away, you would have not made that joke. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, if only you had a time. If, see, that's what we need is a time machine. That would solve all of this. From what we know about time travel. Right. If we learned anything uh, if, uh yeah anyway all right well we have a great show for you today we uh coming up later we talked to one of our favorite worship leaders one of the most influential worship leaders out there matt redman it's coming wow. up later uh and then we're gonna conclude the show just end. and i'm gonna leave yeah you need to. i think and shauna's then, gonna leave too right? and shauna's gonna leave and then something is going to happen yeah. you both have reputations to maintain <laughs> and so I'm going to go prepare for Michael Gunger, and you guys are going to do stuff that I don't want to know about. So <laughs> I am warming up with some peanut M&Ms right now. And I put in a lot of prep for this, guys. <laughs> yeah, You've yeah. gained 19 pounds in the last two weeks. There have been a remarkable amount of emails. Yeah, hey, by a lot of prep. I mean, I've eaten no a tremendous amount of candy. Yeah. Right. I believe our good friend Calvin Keerley is coming in for this as oh. well. So. Oh, that's fun. And uh, later, at the end of the show, we have a giveaway. We're giving away... Some autographed books. Uh, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer bio. Uh, he didn't sign them, but Chad the, did. Uh, but the but the author of the biography. Chad did on his behalf. We have some of those. We have a, on the behalf of his estate. <laughs> Love Derek Bonhoeffer. <laughs> we have a we have a giveaway coming up later. So stay tuned. They're for that. all spelled differently. <laughs> but up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February eighteenth. Calm Trues with Wave One EP. William Fitzsimmons is coming out with Lions. And Fantagram coming out with the highly anticipated voices. Yes, it is highly. You can stream it on NPR right now. Just downloaded Fantagram. You just did? That was a joke that didn't work because it was going to be like an app that sounded like Instagram, but then I realized you could download music and it was too late. And I don't need you to edit that because... What, 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 what do you, download it off LimeWire? You music thief? Did it leak? Sorry. Eddie? Sorry to mess up your show, Cameron. <laughs> this, is why, this is why we tweak. This is why I'm scared of live. Uh, movie releases coming out on Friday, February 21st. Pompeii with Kit Harrington and Carrie Ann Moss. Pompeii. Uh, Three Days to Kill, the Kevin Costner tra- travesty. Uh, Barefoot with Evan, Rachel Wood, and Scott Speedman. Wow. Breaking news. I just got an M&M that has the two peanuts in it and is one M&M. Leave them alone. Don't eat them. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, unless you want pink eye, I would not eat that. 
Um, okay, well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. My rabbit's running On the street, hot heels and My hour's coming To reconcile with Portions of today's podcast are brought to you by Asbury Theological Seminary. Are you called to plant a church? Well, prepare to serve with new church planning degrees at Asbury Theological Seminary. For more information, you can go to asburyseminary.edu. You're listening to John Mark McMillan. Song is Love at the End from his upcoming album Borderland. Love him. The video is playing right now on Relevant TV. We premiered that video this this past week. Love it. On so Relevant good. TV. Amazing. He's coming to Orlando. You, well, you know this. Yeah. He's, he's also doing a uh, Relevant Studio session at the end of the month. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard The Digital Age with Captured from their new album uh, Evening Morning. The song is featured at this folks big news the song is featured on the brand new relevant collection volume 12 we've had 12 of them um if you're a subscriber to relevant four times a year you get an exclusive album of amazing music uh this album has like artists like washed out digital age john mark kai 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 kai's in it dustin kensrew uh over the rhine one of my favorites is on there billy ocean billy ocean hillsong united <laughs> hillsong united yeah the uh, live version of oceans that they recorded for us is on there so if you want that mp3 of oceans that amazing performance and if you haven't seen the video yet go over to youtube it's almost at a million hits you ever try to like conceptualize a million I, we lose these kind of numbers because we're with the internet but like when you think of a million people like that is so many a lot of people, people looking at the content and reading the magazine. So weird. A yeah. Well, last month we I, I I put this on my Facebook page. Last month we had ten million people interact with our stuff. Like in January, it was really crazy. It's the first time we've gotten ten that, million people. Ten million people. Nine. I don't want to exaggerate. I don't want to be a pastor here. Nine million nine hundred thousand sixty-seven. <laughs> Some okay. pastors. Nine, Some of them are awesome. Nine million nine hundred sixty-seven thousand people individual people we tracked and, and interacted with the podcast magazine website or ipad last month which you, is crazy and you track them with implanted chips correct yeah. we all have yeah, to get yeah. them well, we're stalking them actively right. we Facebook. put a cookie on your web browser <laughs> we we know what, i know we what, know what else you're viewing dinner parties. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. really something isn't, it? isn't that crazy i mean well, like, and if you think like i am a person who sells books like literally one by one out of my basement <laughs> I've, I've sold like 74 total copies. The amount, when you start talking about those kind of numbers, it's bonkers. It's I, amazing. I don't get it. I mean, like a year, this is the craziest thing. And, and I hope people understand that we, we are floored and humbled by what's happening. We don't understand it. Okay. Because last July, we reached 1.8 million people. A year prior to that, July of 12, we reached about 800,000 people. So, so we're sitting there last July doubled like whoa we've added a million people in a year and freaking out i mean that's freaking out about huge you know and since july seven months we've gone from less than two million people to 10 million people in january 
and it's it's largely web content. It's the growth of this podcast. I mean, the magazine is doing all right, but I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of iPad readers. Not it's the hundreds. it's the exotic animal importing side of the business that a lot of people don't know about. <laughs> right. Hey, I got a question, Shauna. Do you yeah. really sell books like uh, out of your basement? <laughs> I think that's a- well. I have a lot of books in my basement, and they very rarely sell. Um, Do people just no, but- come over? They ring the doorbell, like like with Amazon. Like I ordered your books off Amazon. Did you like write Thank down? You. Oh, you're wrong. But did you like write down my name on a piece of paper? No. Like- <laughs> Amazon called me. They were like, "Yeah, one, please." Or is that where your boys live during the week? Like your posse, those boys. So right, down there. Yeah. No, no, no. The boys. I, they they uh, yeah. sell in conventional media outlets and bookstores and all that kind of stuff. But you have to have a certain amount. Every once in a while, you'll be at an event where they kind of didn't get their act together and sell books, and so you have to bring them. Or like oh. I'll have you know friends and neighbors say like, "Hey, I need to give one to my friend or whatever." So I have a little stockpile in my basement that. Uh, so I, you can always get a book there if you need one. Yeah, I, I run the exotic animal importing side of the relevant business out of my basement. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fl- I'll be honest, not doing well. No, it's yeah. a, it's a floundering arm of the empire but it's so weird yeah. super, <laughs> like super strange dude, this whole week has reminded me that the, the the journey of our relationship you know this week of all these people finding the old podcasts on and they're tweeting about it and they're hitting us up and all the things that we have been through on this podcast jesse you are a weird dude i'm just like <laughs> Super weird. It, it, this has been a weird week reliving the past. You know, like normally I don't look backwards, I look forwards. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all of a sudden, like, you're inundated with people reminding you of the last eight years of. Yeah. The you, most... don't even, you don't even have a rear view mirror. No. What does it matter? <laughs> I, re- I just I just go. Keep moving. Yeah, when I change lanes, go. blinker goes on, honk the horn, I'm go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fair warning. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? <laughs> That's how I live my life. Um, you can't stop him. Beep the horn and go. All right. This one is courtesy of you, Cameron. You sent me this, and it was a really interesting uh, uh, um, way to put some news out of Sochi, Russia, into perspective about how much money is being spent on these Winter Olympics, uh, the, and largely because of corruption with financial officials in, in, in Russia. So far, they have spent uh, $51 billion on the Sochi Winter Olympics. Just for perspective, that's more wow. than every other Winter Olympics combined. And, and what? Here's the thing: their budget was like eight eight billion, correct? Yeah, it, it, they, they their original budget was eleven billion dollars. Eleven billion dollars, and they spent fifty one billion dollars. How? How did they spend that money? How do you spend that much money? What are they right, spending? Well, well on? He, here is here is some perspective of how terrible the corruption is. Because a lot of it just comes down to that. That you know the the, uh, the business mafia. practices yeah, are. The Russian mob. Really corrupt. So there is. They had to build a new highway to the resort, um, um, and the highway alone cost uh, eight point seven billion dollars. The most expensive road in the world. That is more than the entire cost of the Vancouver Olympics. This one just, road. Wow. Just the road to get to the Olympics. Uh, the media center, and that's just <laughs> that's just the building where like the journalists go uh, to cover the games. And it's a large, impressive building. Uh, but not large enough to constitute a $1.2 billion budget. <laughs> and just for a perspective on that, 
if if because this is the Russian people's money, this is taxpayer, you know, government money that was spent. If they would have not had, if they wouldn't have had a media center, or at least had a more modest one, that amount of money is enough. And this is according to Fast Company, who crunched some of the numbers. And I should say this is based on a report by an anti-corruption organization that's run by an opposition leader in Russia. Uh, but according to Fast Company's calculations, that's enough to buy a MacBook uh, a computer for. Every high school graduate last year in the entire country of Russia. Yeah. Just for the media center alone. And the games are a week. And and a week. And it's the minor league Olympics. It's not even the major summer Olympics. It's just that little other one. It's total corruption. I mean, you know, construction companies and friends of politicians are being paid huge amounts of money for not doing any work or are being grossly overpaid. For, for for jobs that shouldn't cost anywhere anywhere near that kind of money, and like I said, it's this is government money. This is money that uh, you know people paid into the tax system. That's basically being handed out to friends of politicians. And and the Man. vice president of the Olympic Committee for for these games and and his top contractor had to flee the country because yeah. <laughs> it started to come out the corruption that he was doing. I do think you guys are right though that this does feel a little bit like the tipping point where if you bring up the Olympics, it's sort of a fifty fifty. If someone's going to bring up the actual like fun beautiful competitive olympic spirity stuff or like the oh terrible corrupted you know um this feels so much worse than other ones it's been complicated other places but Mm -hmm. this feels like you almost don't know if you're having a happy conversation or sort of an icky one when you're talking about the olympics i feel like that's a bad sign yeah right man right what do you have eddie so the city of sonora in mexico has uh senora that's miss miss I don't think so. I don't think there's the little squiggly thing over the end, okay. <laughs> um, which I think is just Sonora. I'm not really good at Spanish at all. Uh, I think you have to roll your R. Shauna, apparently you speak other languages. Uh, <laughs> do you know Spanish? She you you, you occasionally slip French. into the other languages that you're fluent in. Yeah. She <laughs> slips <laughs> in now. So, no, only French. I don't do Spanish. So what they have done is their local government has cracked down on names because apparently the people in the city of Sonora, Mexico, have started naming their kids some crazy stuff and they are starting to outlaw it. Let me give you a small smattering of some of the names that are, do. that are no longer allowed. And I'm going to say some gross words, but they're not my kids. So here we go. All right. So a couple of them. Pink eye. Double um, pink eye is a name. Okay. Uh, Jesse, we're going to start out with this one. You know what name they can't name a kid? You can't name the kid Rambo anymore. Really? Is See, that, that is really? a travesty. Yeah, that infuriates you, I assume. Yeah, that, yeah. that really does. I mean, wh- where is this? In, in a Mexican village? Sonora, Mexico. Okay. Yeah, so uh, another one that they can't name their kids is Facebook. Now, they only they didn't preemptively create this list. They reactively made this list. So they're going through. So the implication is there's a lot of kids named Facebook there. Well, yes, they're checking through the 132 newborn registries and starting to outlaw names. So I don't know if it's just been this whole town in a practical joke together. That's just like, OK, OK, OK. Let's see. If we can get away with it. Hey, hi, there's little Rambo Facebook. He's so cute. Some of, <laughs> some of the other ones are um, Marciana, which is Spanish for Martian. Uh, they're not allowed to name your kid Martian anymore. What is in the water in Senora? I don't know. You can't name your kid Lady Die anymore because somebody <laughs> named their freaking kid Lady Die. You can't name your kid. Uh, I'll say the Spanish one. Uh, well, I'll say the English one. Circumcision. You can't name your kid Circumcision. That's probably a good law. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what, what do these people care? I mean, what does the government care? This yeah. is a good question. I mean, but. 
yeah, Why I do mean, you care? I guess it's looking out for the the future of these children right. that are, you know. Yeah. But if if all the little kids in kindergarten are named like circumcision and Martian, I mean, everybody has a weird name, so it's the norm. Yeah, it, it, the quote from the government is basically we're not allowed to give children's names that are derogatory or that don't have any meaning or can lead to bullying. Which the bullying thing I throw away because every name can lead to every bullying. Every name, yeah. yeah. Every single name. Shauna, what did kids make pick on your name? How did they? Shauna Banana. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Shana that's Shana not that's not too mean though. It's I mean, not too it just mean, insinuates. You, Unless like, you're wearing bananas. yellow that day or right. bananas. Yeah. Right. Eddie Spaghetti, Mr. Ed. Those were the two. I never had any <laughs> any name. But, were you, were you but, homeschooled? But, but though no. you didn't oh. like, I, 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 I felt like you didn't like or had issues with the movie, a very popular movie. Because that's of true. your name. Right, that's true. Ferris that, that song from off. Ferris Bueller, yeah. where the Cameron in Egypt or whatever, I mm. wouldn't see the movie because kids would sing that song mm-hmm. at me. But I didn't know what it meant because I never saw it. And there's also a Shauna reference in that movie, which is fairly rare. What? Oh, really? Right at the end of the movie when um, Jennifer Grey is in the police station and she meets a guy and um, he says, what's your name? And she said, my name is Jeannie, but my friends call me Shauna. And then there's a song that goes, Shauna. Yeah, it's like my one movie reference ever. Wow. That's, we, both yeah. have a, we both have a song with our name in it in that movie. In the same movie. See, wow. see I had a character on TV at the, that was popular at the time, uh, Saved by the Bell, who was a girl that had my name. Jesse Spano. And, and Spano, I, sure. I couldn't tell people enough. She spells it with an I. Okay? <laughs> That's how girls spell it. You're, losing, you're losing that battle. If, yeah. yeah, if you have to clarify the spelling of your name. But, but <laughs> here's the thing. No one is bullying the kid named Rambo. <laughs> No, like, you can scratch bullying off the list. But isn't that the thing? It's certainly not derogatory, and no one's messing with that. Kid. Yeah, isn't that the thing? Like parents, I mean, just parents should be allowed to name their kids whatever they want, right? It's, it's I don't know. It's their I don't freaking know. problem. <laughs> I don't know. You got to raise your kid. I mean, I wouldn't say that. You know, I wouldn't say the government has a role to say you, Rambo is derogatory or prone to bullying. I think that's overstepping. But come on, parents, don't do not do whatever to your kid. I mean, if you name your kid Jeeves, you've pretty much dictated his career path. Right. He's going to search the internet or help you out. He will be a butler. Right. He will, That's it. He's going to be a gentleman's gentleman. Or, I mean, or like a trivia contest. Right. So, yeah, I mean, right. it's like you got you, you got to be careful with how you name your kids. Well, and there's that trend. Um, I don't know, uh, at least where we are, where dog names become people names within like five years. Oh, yeah. So I talk to people constantly who say, oh, what are your kids' names? Oh, our, our older son is Henry. And everybody has a dog named Henry who's like 10 years old. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Lucy. Yep, oh, yeah, Lucy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rex? Rex is going to be? Rex is yep. going to be a, a kid's name? <laughs> a dog yeah, name. totally. So uh, I want to leave you with one last name, and I don't want to discuss it, okay. uh, but I have to say it because I feel like I have to be a true reporter of the okay. news, but right. it's disgusting. Not filtered. Not filtered. Please don't react. I'm sorry, Shauna. Uh, they named their kid Juan Calzon, Calzon, which in Spanish is Juan Panties. <laughs> <laughs> So that kid should be made fun of forever. Oh, that's just bad parenting. Yeah, I no, think I mean your kid Facebook is bad parenting, but should the government be allowed to control that? But then again, yeah, no, I I I do think the government's overstepping, but I also think oh it's more. I think there should be a grassroots movement in that community to like train up like, the parents, like well. a citizens arrest. Yeah, mentor the parents better. <laughs> right. I mean, to me, this is an issue of training. State supplied names. <laughs> Dave, I think they Dave do. Too. I think they do that in Russia. <laughs> Vladimir, Vladimir, no. yeah, Vladimir is very popular. Yes, yep. so that's Vladimir my, and Rambo. That's my slice. Thank you. All right, what do you have, Shauna? 
I want to talk about Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, um, sure. So uh, I have. I, I think you can guess. So the most popular Valentine's Day gifts in the U.S. There are seven top common gifts. I think you can guess them. And and then I have a follow up question about one that I find kind of interesting. So what do you think are the most popular gifts to give and receive on Valentine's Day in the United States? Probably candy. Yeah. I, I'll say this: it's the only yep. holiday you can give a robe without being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, still creepy. I mean, I mean, it still can be creepy. Have I told you guys about my uh, robe experience? No. Okay. No. So, um, first of all, um, I'll come back to you with what I think the top gift is. But so, Bree and I went on this great trip up to um, Lake Louise in Canada and hiking, and we stayed in the Fairmont, um, which is just a really beautiful hotel. I stayed and, there. Oh, it was really beautiful. Vancouver. Yeah, I was. I was just going to say, Cameron and I have stayed there, and that just not together, not like that. No, yeah. we we did we not need the clarification, there. and it was That's weirder that you gave it. So yeah. um, <laughs> the, the trip that a bunch of us went up to Canada, we yeah. the first night was at the Fairmont. Yeah, to the tickle place. So well, this was not in <laughs> Bob Goff's tickle shack. <laughs> so uh, I never met Bob. It's going to be weird if I ever do. Um, so anyway, so we're uh, we've been camping for like six days, and we're just like disgusting. We spend this night in his hotel, and I mean, it was just like the best shower ever right Bree comes out of the shower and she's wearing like you know they have robes for the hotel yeah. and it's just like it's my favorite thing at a good hotel right right and so she's wearing a robe and she's like oh it's great i can't wait to take a shower and so i go in and take a shower and i get out and i i'm like oh that was awesome and i'm gonna put on the robe and the robe literally comes to basically the sides of me <laughs> and it, it won't close around me you had the girl's robe no i have the one size fits all robe oh. but apparently i'm not all canadians and i just like closed up this robe and tied it and it was like my hands were shaking to get the knot closed in the front of it i was like i freaking hate robes you were just determined to wear the robe that was like my first and last time wearing a robe yeah. uh it was filthy so 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 i uh, so for, for the <laughs> items that for the valentine's present i think one i think one so, so now that now that we have that picture in our head let's talk yeah. about romantic valentine's gifts yeah i think a lot of people buy one calzones <laughs> oh number one gift being undergarments i'm i'm with the uh the heart thing of chocolates uh flowers uh-huh yep yep so far you've got several of them candy flowers clothing yeah Cards. Fragrances. Cards is number one. Yeah, perfume. That's good. Oh, no, that's not on there. Oh, interesting. Have we not hit all five of them? Are there You're missing three. Whoa. Whoa. What you have hit, we got? You've hit four. Uh, you've hit greeting cards, it, candy, flowers, what, and clothing, which jewelry? I'm interpreting to be is a jewelry. Sure. A jewelry? Yes. There you go. Number five. Okay. What about, what? does a meal count? As yes. A, they call an evening out okay. one of them. Well, yeah. yeah to me, that's number one. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it isn't, but it should be. And then there's one last category that you all have not named yet, which I think is sort of weird. Do you want me to just tell you, or do you have another guess? A, a display of physical affection, like mm-hmm. a hug. <laughs> Karate <laughs> lessons. Here's wow. one. A coupon for a display of f- physical affection, like a oh, handwritten yeah. coupon. Like, yeah. you, this is you're, good you're for on the right track. 10 the hugs. Ice sculpture. Gift cards. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I feel that's like that's very thoughtless. I totally do not mind a good gift card at Christmas, but I would not think of like Valentine's Day as no. like, oh, Lululemon, thank you, you know, yeah. Lululemon. Sell something. <laughs> at that point, just give me cash. Like it's already, it's already like you've already sucked the the emotion out of it. Just give me cash. Um. So this is my question from all the gifts. You know, so you guessed the top seven. Mm-hmm. And okay, so men, 61% of men buy flowers if sure. they're going to buy a gift. Sure. And 15% of women buy flowers. For for and the it, man? Well, they don't specify, but that's my question. Have any of, I thought about it. I thought, I have never in my life 
given flowers to any man, my husband or someone I was dating before or for any reason, have any of you received flowers I, for any reason? I, no. Other I than ha- like a boutonniere. Yeah. No. W- okay. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Well, boutonniere. I, I, I would was, have no context for what to do if someone gave me flowers. Like, what am I going to put them in my office at work? <laughs> right? <laughs> going to do a nice little arrangement in a glass vase in our living room table? Like, what am I going to do with flowers? Yeah. But, Theoretically, 15% of men this Valentine's Day will receive a lovely bouquet. I don't know. It's probably women buying them for their other girlfriends because it's, you know, single oh, gals maybe. day, Galentine's Day. Galentine's know, Day. That yeah, thing. that's a thing. Yeah. The gift card thing really bug- bums me out. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, this is how thoughtless it oh, is. Oh, the gift card. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's a... I mean, that says something about your relationship. I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a thoughtful gift card. Like, if Brienne got me a gift card... Like, she got me a gift card uh, to, like, the homebrew place. So, like, I, I like the homebrew. And so, like, that's a really thoughtful one, because she wouldn't know what to sure. get me there. That's but, true. But, and, I, and for but, your birthday, I got you a gift card to Chili's to right. have a nice night out. And you wrote to have some nice salsa. Right. And Jesse I Jesse recommends it. But you're a guy buying for another guy. I wouldn't expect you to get me... Flour. Flowers. Anything really, but a gift card is exactly like, oh, yeah, yeah cool. that's what I A guy like, uh, yeah. You <laughs> that's go. your impression of his birthday. That should be almost. Go get some salsa. Yeah, yeah there, there should be like at least $9 on that iTunes card. I <laughs> <laughs> can't remember the last time I reloaded. Happy birthday, but, uh, I love it when girl Shauna, you must do this. When you do it, like, when you do your husband's voice, like, if you're like, he w- and then he came yeah. home and he was all like, oh, I'm tired. I'm <laughs> like every girl impress imp- does an impression of a guy like they're just big dumb animals like ooh, a neanderthal ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, well, do you do yes, that two things about this number one my husband does a voice for me but it's the same voice for his mom oh so it's, it's like you know Uh-oh. his one woman voice but it always makes me a little prickly because i'm like that's your mom yeah. voice. that's not okay paging dr freud hello right exactly <laughs> um, and also our two-year-old has recently he likes to do funny voices and he'll say that he'll say i want to do a funny voice and we'll say okay do it and he says hi i'm mama <laughs> 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 like like i'm a you know 80 year old man oh um, my god it's like and it just cracks him up he thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever done it is it is funny though <laughs> that, oh, it mama oh, oh hey mom oh <laughs> i'm mama he's also going That's through a big awesome. jay-z phase which yeah. is um thank goodness we have the edited edited version playing but uh he's walking around going i got tattoos on my body psycho ladies in my lobby and then we think we're the worst parents who ever lived. <laughs> yeah, and, except, and, except for young Rambo Facebook. You are number right. two. Okay, so we're one step above them. And for the okay. listeners, you can get that on the Shauna Ringtones website uh, that now has two ringtones. <laughs> one from when she was playing whatever Bible girl, and then this one. You like know this is recorded. You know this isn't yeah. just us hanging this out. It's going to be the next relevant <laughs> compilation album. She's going to be, I'm going to have her come on the live video thing with me because this is going to make me look good. <laughs> oh, oh, Michael Gunger, I have a question. I'm Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> like every week I say I can never do this again. This yeah, that that was the last one. Yeah, you have an email in your drafts folder ready to go. <laughs> it's like the cyanide pill. Like nope, can't do it. <laughs> All right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Matt Redman.
You're listening to Tall Walker. The song is Deadbeat. I love this song. It's probably one of my favorites on the new uh, Relevant Collection, Volume 12. Uh, the EP for Tall Walker is actually streaming for free on the drop right now at relevantmagazine.com. And uh, like I said, this song is part of the new Relevant Collection, which you can get if you're a subscriber. All you have to do, go over to the relevantmagazine.com website and log in. Um, if you're a subscriber, it's right there in your download center. It's for free. It's our thank you for subscribing. Matt Redman is a singer, songwriter, worship leader, and author from the UK. As a full-time worship leader since the age of 20, he's written some of the church's most well-known songs, including Heart of Worship, You Never Let Go, Better Is One Day, and the double Grammy-winning 10,000 Reasons, for which he also received a Billboard Award in the U.S. He's released or been part of over two dozen albums, and his latest is last year's Your Grace Finds Me. The album was recorded live at Atlanta's Lyft Worship Leader Conference. Redman touches on a range of spiritual experiences while always bringing the focus back to God's majesty and redemptive power. He's also written a couple of books, The Unquenchable Worshipper, Face Down, Blessed Be Your Name, and Indescribable. You can read more about Matt in the January issue of Relevant, the one with Malcolm Gladwell on the cover. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to him. Here is Matt Redman. just a little bit i know it's been a couple of months since your grace finds me uh, released but in your opinion if, if there is even an answer to this question what makes it different from the rest of your work or from your other albums i think uh, the thing that might set this one apart from the others is just the amount of teamwork i mean i kind of started off years ago it was more like a singer songwriter approach you know i'd write all the songs and and actually, this one from day one is a team effort. It's a lot of collaboration. There's a, just a real, uh, just a recognition in me and uh, over the last five years or so that um, together we're better, you know. And I just feel like uh, some of the songwriting partners have come across are really pulling the best out of me. Hopefully, I'm doing the same for them. So I think that that would be. It's not a huge difference because we're moving in that direction. But there's not, you know, every song on the album is co-written and there's. I mean, this is extreme on this album, Jesus Only Jesus, uh, which we originally wrote when uh, the Passion Conference was coming up. There's, I think there's six songwriters on that one. That, that is something that I've seen, and, and as, I've, as I've spoken with different worship leaders, there's a growing sense of a of a community, even a global community, that goes into the songwriting. Is that something yeah. that you've seen too? Sort of that that 
as a trend in the worship music movement? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting because, in a way, why wouldn't you work like that? I mean, number one, the kingdom of God seems to be designed to work pretty well like that. Team, collaboration, you know, Jesus didn't send the disciples out on their own, you know. And, and then number two, you could learn a lot from what's going on around us in the world. A lot of the great country songs, a lot of the great pop songs, they're, they're team written. They've got a lot of uh, two or three or four heads, you know, working together, sharpening each other, trying to write the song. Um, so it's biblical, you know, and it's kind of a relevant thing to do. And um, so I kind of think, why wouldn't you? And on this album, I mean, there's times where we've got four nations in the room at once. I just think that's fantastic. And I love there's people from different streams of the church. You've got Matt Maher, who walks in a lot of the same streams that we do, but also has a huge amount of leading within the Catholic Church and some quite traditional elements there. And then you've got Reuben Morgan from Hillsong and obviously Tomlin from um, Passion City Church. And, sure. I, you know, I love that. I love that people are bringing you know, their experience, but they're also bringing something from their stream. And I think it's really, really powerful. vantage point you've been around for at least one possibly two sort of we'll call them a rising of of the worship movement or or it, or it sort of surges forward and you feel like people are people's hearts are becoming very very passionate about the worship music movement um what do you see from your vantage point from somebody who's been doing this for a while what do you see changing or, or evolving right now about worship uh in, in the uk or here in the states or around the world i mean the thing that encourages me most is there's definitely uh, a lot of intentionality towards going deeper. And I think, you know, if, when people have thrown stones at the kind of thing we do, the kind of songs we write, or the way we've been expressing ourselves musically for congregational use, the criticism's always pretty much the same. It's like there's not enough depth, they're not tackling enough theological themes. And, you know, in one sense, you you can't take all of that on your shoulders because you're just doing your best. But uh, there's another sense in which you have to take that seriously. You have to, there is a responsibility when you start putting words into people's mouths, yeah. uh, you know, for how they're going to talk to God. And, and so I love, I just see so much intention to go deeper. I see in, in the songwriting sessions, it's, you know, we want to write great melodies. We're trying to, you know, to put everything into that. But I just see in, the, in all these environments and weird where it is, Jonas Marim, a Swedish friend, or Jason Ingram, or the people I've already mentioned, there's, there's always, um, come on, can we dig deeper? Come on, can we say this better? Are we painting a great big view of God here the best that we can? And, you know, you, you're always just scratching at the surface when it comes to writing songs about the Almighty God and about His kingdom. But I definitely see this, there's, a, there's a lot of intention towards this needs to go deeper. As thrilling and exciting as it might be musically, creatively, always want to push that stuff, of course. But at the end of the day, I think the stuff that's going to permeate through people's hearts is going to be truth about God. And, and um, the stuff that's going to endure is going to be truth. But all the other names fade away. 
to somebody who, who feels that tension, who feels like they're going to church on Sunday mornings and, and they're just not, they're, they're just not feeling it. They're singing these songs and, and it's just, it just doesn't seem to seem to be there for them anymore. And, and they can't, they can't get their pastor to stop singing for, you know, for a week or four weeks or six weeks. <laughs> um, if somebody wanted to, felt like they needed to rediscover their, their heart or their passion for God through worship, what would you say to them? I mean, I think one one of the things I would say is breathe in. You know, sometimes it's impossible to breathe out before you breathe in. You know, even in, I mean, this new album, Your Grace Finds Me, the the title track says, you know, I'm breathing in your grace, I'm breathing out your praise. That's really the rhythm of of worship. You can't can't breathe out till you breathe. And I think sometimes people in, in that situation just need to breathe in again something of, trying to set their eyes on the glory of God, trying to remember the story of how God saved them, trying to call to mind some of the amazing glimpses of his faithfulness they've had in their lives and all that kind of thing, you know, journey back to the cross, read about the cross, you know, in the Gospels, read about it in a couple of books, you know, um, get together with other people, tell them, you know, I need to breathe in, what should I read, you know, what should I focus on? This, For me, sometimes it's all about breathing in again before and then the breathing out there's a natural reaction to it it's like a reflex and i think so much time so many times in worship is we focus on the breathing outside you know oh i hope these people could dance faster shout louder bow lower you know clap more in time whatever it is you know we're trying to lead these outward responses but i'm learning more and more as a worship leader one of the wisest things you can do is to actually focus on the breathing in element Mm. try and paint a picture of Jesus that's so utterly stunning and glorious and breathtaking in terms of his grace and his holiness that you can't stop people breathing out, you know, it'll just be a natural reflex and that that element's huge in, in congregational worship leading. That was Matt Redman. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Redman. So give me one more sip of your 
You're listening to us and our daughters. The song is Tequila Eyes. I think that's what Bob Costas has. hi <laughs> Yes, sir. Hello. You are correct, sir. Uh, they will take it's from their upcoming album. Um, and, and we have a studio, a relevant studio session coming up with them. It was uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Can't wait. And they had tequila eyes. <laughs> it was a good afternoon. Big night. Yeah. Um, okay, it's time for your uh, feedback uh, and corrections and apologies and the question of the week. So up first. So last week, uh, we started out the show with Andy Maneo's song, um, and I talked at, at length at how it hit number one on the iTunes charts. It was really cool. We hung out, uh, spent the evening together, and people on Twitter flocked and said, I said his name wrong. So uh, I, I apologize to Andy. It's Minio, Andy Minio. And, and, and the person is like, how do you hang out with somebody for an evening and you don't know how to say their last name? I said, when was the last time you hung out with somebody for an evening and said their last name? Right. Yeah. It's like, know. hey, Andy. I don't know how to man? pronounce Eddie's last name still. Right. Yeah. And I think the real question is, how could the government let the parents name <laughs> that kid that name? Like, wasn't it just Smith? Kid's going to get made up fun of forever. Yeah, so Andy Minio, sorry about that. That's my correction for the week. All right. <laughs> you really can't say my last name, can you? No, Coffolds. It's right? an asinine last it, name. Yeah. It really took me like three weeks of practice to get Eddie's yeah, like last he, name. Yeah, like Cameron done. would come into my office and be like, is it Kaff Kaffholtz? Kaffholtz. It is really rough. And he'd get freaked out. He'd be like, he's going to be here in 30 minutes. I need to know how to it's say not, it. It's <laughs> not the way it's spelled. That's the thing. It, right. When you say it phonetically, you're like, it's just Kaffholtz. Okay, kind. But if I look at it, right. I say it wrong. Right. You, you, well, not you anymore, have- but I did. I have good friends who, for years, I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce my last name. Just, I answer to absolutely anything that starts with an N. And, and you now can't correct them. No, no, good no. Friends. Yeah. It's been, it's been like a decade. What are their yeah. names? What are your friends' names? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook Rambo. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So last week we introduced you to the podcast archives. Uh, all eight years of the show went online at relevantmagazine.com in the podcast section. And you guys, we put a wiki in there and you guys have been going in and listening to the old episodes and pointing out all of our flaws and foibles. And you've been putting in your notable moments in the wiki and it's been yeah. cool. And, and selling uh, and selling purses and handbags and stuff on our wiki, which was awesome. Thanks to the okay, spammers. So, so we've corrected that. We, we have th- <laughs> it brought me such joy. <laughs> we have thwarted <laughs> wait, the wait, spam. Wait, wait a minute. Those weren't real deals because so, I've given my credit card so number. So apparently it was late Friday night the podcast goes up, the podcast section finally went live, and within two minutes of the wiki going live, people were selling handbags on the podcast section yeah, wiki. I was on a conference call with our web developer, and we were just kind of like, uh, I don't think this is supposed to be there. Yeah. Well, I got. I'll, I'll, I will say this. I did go ahead and get Dana's Valentine's Day present. <laughs> uh, was worked out, so hasn't come in yet. A little concerned about that. Yeah. Okay, so last week, you know, the podcast archives went up, and we had a, a longtime listener join us, and we it got us thinking, you know, about the history of the show, and thought there's a lot of longtime listeners out there, and wanted to hear your kind of favorite moments of the last eight years. So we asked you to hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Uh, you guys also went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted on our Facebook page. There was a lot of good memories. Um, here's a few of our favorites. Well, Nikki said that. Uh one of the first podcasts she listened to, uh, she was with her husband, uh, and uh, they were driving, 
Kevin, you started talking about the mischievous teens in your neighborhood, and then we heard the story of Hoodman. That's right. We were laughing oh. so hard, we almost had to stop the car. The Hoodman, the, that was a, only like a year ago. Can you give a brief? Because I, I don't think I've ever heard that. I, uh, my, my house, for some reason, is a magnet <laughs> for, for teenagers who like to make out in cars. And they park Obviously. directly in front of my house because it's right by the baseball field. Right. It's. It, I feel like it's like out in the middle of nowhere. It's very. It's very romantic. And they have falcons watching it's, them. It's in the middle of. It's in the middle of the city. It's a f- pseudo urban environment. And this one spot, like it's far enough away from the main road. It's not too far into the neighborhood. They stop right in front of my house, and the windows get steamy, and I start messing with them. And so, and I, and and if they won't get the hint after a couple hours, I call the cops. And so on this episode. I was talking about what happened the night before. I was up till three in the morning messing with the teenagers who were making out in front of my house. And uh, I was wearing a hood. And I, I think the hoodman thing came up because I, I, st- I wore a hoodie and I was standing in my window and I put the hood on and I lit the lights behind me and just was a figure in the window watching them. And, and so like Jesse or somebody like talked about the hoodman um, as a vigilante. <laughs> you are such a quirky, strange man. Yeah. I love it. And I think, I think Cameron insisted that the name be the Hood Man, and we all wanted to just be Hoodman. Hoodman. <laughs> right. Well, it's not like Ron Spiderman. <laughs> I, I know, but it just fits right. better. Hoodman. That's um, more mysterious. Um, Andrew posted on the page that uh, a few years ago, he started listening back in 2006, uh, that uh, he created a fan site, and I had totally forgot uh, all about this. It's at therelevantcafe.com, no way. where he designed a relevant podcast-themed cafe uh, with uh, uh, an actual layout, menu, appetizers, that. and all of them uh, uh, are references to old inside jokes. Look at that. Wow. I love the fan creation. So, it's so uh, funny. R- well done, Andrew. I got a mention on Twitter this morning. I woke up. Mm-hmm. And the Twitter account is a huge ship. And the tweet was, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there's Jesse Carey quote. There's the there's the Candy Talk uh, cast one. I love it. I think people are so... Oh, there was... I'm terrified, by there the was way. Eddie New. Hold on. Eddie Nightshirt. Remember that from the first... Like, somebody created... These people are so funny. Yeah. This relevant cafe is, like, detailed. Andrew also referenced, Cameron, do you remember the video Power Talk ad? That, oh, my that gosh. We got a lot of Video abuse. Power Talk. Yeah. I, want, I wonder if somebody will start clipping out all of Shauna's uh, songs and putting them on their own site. <laughs> One can dream. I got a comment, actually, just on my Instagram. When I posted a picture of my mug, thank you, by the way. Thank You're you welcome. for my mug. No problem. Um, a woman said that she and her husband met on the relevant message boards back in 2002. Yeah. How cool is that? We had some I weddings. Love that. Early on, we had some weddings. It was it was some weird stuff going down. It's still out there that we're going to do a relevant wedding if anybody wants us to. <laughs> that, you could officiate. That offer. How still exactly th- does that work? Good question, Shauna Nyquist Nyquist. Um, it works. <laughs> it works by we all have different roles to play. Um, I'll officiate it. Um, I walk the bride down the aisle. He walk. Cameron would give the Cameron would give <laughs> the bride away. Um, Chad would DJ the whole wedding. Um, Jesse is going to do five minutes of stand up just to kind of warm us up before things get going. Okay. Okay. You, of course, will do all catering, and um, and Calvin will dress the uh, bride and groom. Calvin oh, yeah, will dress sure. the bride and groom. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, it's all happening, but we have offered it a full wedding. The location will be. Um, obviously, we've talked about this. It's in our parking lot, right? Parking lot, but then reception to follow at medieval times. Right, right, right. And it's going to be awesome. So 
nobody's taking Are the requests just pouring in? Is it like, how do we pick we, of all the people who want us to do this? We've of got, all the couples. Yeah, we've gotten right. zeros of requests. So we're just <laughs> siphoning through them. This is uh, this doesn't answer the question of the week, but Jerry Becker, one of my favorite <laughs> tweets of all time, Jerry Becker said this week, if Relevant Podcast is, is a huge ship, John <laughs> yeah. John Trimmer has a new book to write because I want to know how I can make it sh- make sure it smashes into my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a lot about Adam today, and I, I don't think I've ever met Adam, but he sounded really Adam funny Smith. and awesome. Yep, Adam yep. Smith was our managing editor and then editorial director. He was with us for uh, about two years, and then... Moved to New Zealand, started a new life. Makes sense. He he got exposed for corruption in the Sochi Games, so he had to flee. <laughs> What's he but he's, he's a billionaire now. So. <laughs> What's he doing um, in New Zealand? Is he on Twitter? No, now he's in Sydney, Australia. He got married, and uh, he's an editor of a magazine over there. So good, good for him. Yeah, a, a lot of people uh, would reference his, his Rambo segment. Speaking yes. of Rambo, the, they they were frequent. Uh, um, Tell, 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 Jesse, tell, don't go into one, but like, tell what in the world this was. Just kind of get into it. Okay, so, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to remember exactly, Adam and I used to sit right next to each other, and, you know, Cameron, earlier in the podcast said I'm a pretty weird guy. Adam was just as weird, if not weirder. Weirder. I'm going weirder. And And funny, brilliant. They're both brilliant and funny and quick, and so when they, and they have very off-kilter senses of humor. And so when they start riffing on an idea, it just snowballs into the yeah. most epic r- run of all times. And, well, we, and and it wasn't just on the podcast. This was the workday. This was lunch. This was, I mean, the podcast was just part... It just happened to be the part that we recorded. This was their interaction all the time. Yeah, it was it was mainly what our what our relationship consisted of. And we would be driving around or hanging out or whatever, and we also like random like pop culture anomalies, you know? Like that was like we, we like we started a blog one time all about Kurt Rambis. Um, <laughs> it may still be out there, I don't know. Um, What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so at the time, it was right before the new Rambo was going to come out, and I got super pumped because I saw <laughs> I saw that a red band trailer, which a red band is mean that it's like it's too it's like an R rated trailer for the movie had been released that was cut personally by Sylvester Stallone himself, and oh I was like, gosh. Adam, you got to see this, you know. So we watched it, and it was <laughs> it was red band for violence. <laughs> like at one point, Rambo points a, a, a machine gun at somebody, shoots him, and the guy liquefies. Awesome. But like at Rambo, at one point, Rambo shoots a dude with a bow and arrow. The guy falls backward into a lake, and the lake explodes. <laughs> so we thought this was like really funny. And so then we, we kind of like were getting into Sylvester Stallone's head. And then we just started writing sequels. But when I say writing, I mean these are like 1,200 word synopsis <laughs> of the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, and they're uh, really of, amazing. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. And each one would, they would follow the same formula. Rambo has retired and he's doing something heroic, like he's throwing baseballs to a tire at an old farmhouse or something and one he, he's winning the tour de france um and he's approached by the general who, who convinces him to go back onto a mission which uh each film contains about an hour and a half of uninterrupted jungle combat that contains no dialogue so we wrote all of these and we would occasionally read them on the podcast or adam would occasionally read them on the podcast I'm, I'm I'm going through the feedback. A lot of people are basically saying 2007 was an epic year. Yeah. So if you guys are wondering where to dive in, just yeah. just sample 2007. Yeah, I think I'm going to listen to 07. I think that's where yeah. I'm going to. Uh, the, there are a lot of people on Twitter, like Stephen Hay and others, saying that they are like going to start at number one and like 
come all the way through the yeah. eight years, which they is, you know, how... Binge themselves into the... But T- Tamster replied to one of the people who said this, and she's like, "Like, no, don't start at number one. Start at episode nine, tr- and, and trust me. And, uh, and, and then he's like, why would I do that? No. And she goes, okay, I'm, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> you know, like, right. the first nine are terrible. Jesse joined at nine. Jesse figured out that he's allowed to be funny in ten. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, the first, don't listen to the first ten. A lot of great history. A lot of great Yeah, so go, great go stuff. check out. Uh, you, can, you can find them all on the podcast section now. Okay, so that'll do it for last week's feedback. If you want to chime in with yours, you know where to hit us up. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, well, earlier in the show, we we learned about the senoras in Mexico who were naming their children bad things. And and, and it got us talking and thinking about bad names. Um, And and so we want to know from you the worst real people that you've known, the worst names that you know that real people have. Um, people that you've met, people that have been in your life. You can't just make up words. Right. Like, so we need context. We need to know, like, oh, it's my childhood friend, da, da, da. Like, I grew up with a person named Rose Bush. Holy smokes. No, that's terrible. I mean, what parent would do that? I knew a Sunshine America in college. Sunshine, Sunshine her, America, that's awesome. Yeah, her name was Sunshine America, whatever her last name was. That's pretty good. Did we have some friends. Actually, this is less terrible and more, I think, amazing. Um, and they named their son, I, and I actually don't know his first name, but his middle, uh, something Danger last name, so that he could literally say, Danger is my middle name. I think that's amazing. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. do think that's Rambo cool. Danger Facebook. I love it. <laughs> there you go. So we want to know your, uh, you know, the worst names of people you know, were uh, like craziest names, you know, whatever. We're not saying worse. They're not bad people, but, you know, craziest names that you know of. Um, if you want to tell us, what we're going to do is we are giving away eight copies of the Dietrich Bonhoeffer biography. <laughs> Which, and, there's literally no tie. There's no tie. We sat here off off mic going, <laughs> how do we come up with a question that'll tie in with the Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Yeah, he can't. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's a great book. Crazy it's a fantastic names. Fantastic book. Yeah. yeah. And Phenomenal. it's autographed, too, by the author. Eric uh, Metaxas is the author, New York, New York Times bestselling biography uh, called Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy. That is a really cool book and gift to get. It was a. Uh, it would have been his birthday last week. Right. So yeah. he's oh, that's Bonhoeffer's been yeah. in the news and stuff. And we had a, we did an article website. last week of kind of his most significant, some of his most significant yeah. quotes, and it like exploded. Dargan did a great like, job on that. I yeah. love that article. Yeah. And so we thought that we should we should give away some Bonhoeffer books. Yeah. Get our people reading this stuff. So anyway, uh, if you what we'll do is you reply to the question of the week, and we're going to pick eight of you to get this amazing <laughs> the eight weirdest names. Yeah, the eight most notable names that you guys can send us that of real people you know. Don't make in them any up. scenario. Of any foreshadowing of his life, do you think Dietrich Bonhoeffer thought someday <laughs> there will be a book written about me, and some people will have to guess stupid names on a podcast? And no, I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't. but I'm glad that we could do that. Yeah, crazy names that you know, or the craziest name of your favorite martyr theologian. <laughs> I know. No, it's gonna get grim. Yeah, <laughs> gonna get very weird and real. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay, well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, many thanks to Matt Redman for talking to us. Make sure to check out his current album, Your Grace Finds Me, wherever music is sold. And if you want to read uh, the article on Matt in the January issue of Relevant, you can do that at Newsstands Nationwide. You can get it in the Apple Newsstand for the iPad edition. And you can get instant access to all the magazine content if you subscribe at relevantmagazine.com. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Yes. I'm Cameron Strang. Oh, I'm Eddie Koffel, too. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Thanks, Happy birthday. man. Happy birthday, I, I love you, so. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Shauna Nequist. Happy Valentine's Day. 
for uh, Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. I've been back, you'll see Straight out the box like that's not real. Still got the tag and the safety pin. And I only pop tags with the staples in. I only got racks where the savings been. Up in Texas, big rips, spending major ends. Don't come around town without the hip in your high. With 99 cent record, Sean's fitting the chop. Cause yeah. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. Check us out on Facebook and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. See, I'm as fresh as your chest hair, as fresh as a peach fuzz, as fresh as my mumps on this freak's drama, fresh as, as fresh as that peach comes. Yeah, I run the exotic animal importing side of the relevant business out of my basement. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, comfort it in chocolate and a miracle or two? It's a candy man. You're listening to Candy Talk. Back by popular demand. Finally. We're all very excited about this. Yeah. yeah so why isn't it called Candy Chat? That's a that's a really good opening question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of opening questions, uh, I, I have a, this. By the way, this is the show that rots your your teeth, not your brain. Uh, I, I have a couple topics that we're going to talk about. Uh, it is the Valentine's Day uh, a special edition of the show. Uh, our next special edition, I'm going to go ahead and say, is Easter, which is just around the corner, yeah. uh, which hasn't been confirmed yet. But we we're changing the name of the show to Candy Chat at that point. Um, <laughs> On today's show, those chalky Valentine's hearts with messages. Do they, ha- do they have a slight mint taste or is something wrong with my taste buds? Can we just cut the charade with the white airhead mystery flavor already? We know what fruit punch tastes like. And finally, have you ever seen one of those really big jars of M&M's and just jammed your whole forearm in there because it felt cool? Here with me. <laughs> here with me, Calvin, the Sour Patch Kid, Kirley. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't gone by that name in many in many a mood. <laughs> Calvin, good to have you back. <laughs> and good to and be Eddie, back. my friends call me Pixie Stick Coffolds. Oh, hi. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Good to be back. His USA Today friends call him that. Yes, <laughs> I'm a big deal. Uh, also, I want to tell you that throughout the entire program today, uh, which will be, I think we're going to run it at, Chad gave us 45 minutes to do this, yep. um, <laughs> we're going to be eating candy sent to us from Connor J., he sent it from Canada, and it's a lot of candy that I have never seen. So first up, I'm going to try a picnic bar, which apparently has raisins and nuts in it, neither of which I think really belong in candy, but I'm going to give it a shot. Jesse, go ahead. Okay, before we get into your review of the picnic bar, and before we get into an in-depth discussion about Dunkaroos, That's pretty good. not really can- candy, but close enough, right? It's pretty close. <laughs> we, I want to jump into slices. Calvin, you have a, a really compelling story for us today. I actually do. You mentioned uh, those little candy hearts a second ago. I actually did some research. So I'm not sure if you know, but there's a really cool backstory about those little sweetheart candies. Um, did you know that they have been a holiday tradition since the Civil War? No. Yeah. no I was not aware of that. They, they've no been around for that's a while. That's a sweet fact. The American it, Civil War? This, that's the one. 
Interesting. Yeah. It, well, actually, no. It just says the Civil War in yep. my document. So many, country, tr- many countries have had civil wars. That's really yeah. sure. <laughs> Most of them at some point have warred internally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so every year they introduce new flavors, uh, and they also introduce new sayings. You know, as many words or phrases that they can get on this small little thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like more recent ones, like I think you mentioned just now, Jesse, there's text me, tweet me, you rock. <laughs> so the sweetheart little heart candies, they, they have new ones. Uh, every year. And so, naturally. Are we getting a list here? Yeah, so it got me thinking about the candy heart sayings that don't make the cut and end up on the chopping floor. Um, so, <laughs> just top top five rejected candy heart messages. I mean, that's okay. yeah. no big deal. Number five, we have to talk. I thought that... Things have gone really poorly. Yeah, and it's the number two. Like, we have to talk. What? What? That's just the worst thing you ever yeah. want to see. Yeah, you don't uh, want to get that one. No, you don't. Uh, number four, Eminem. Because <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't make sense to have, have on a heart. Uh, uh, another one. Uh, number three, two tons. Because that's a heavy heart. <laughs> uh, there you go. That's yeah. That's that's a, a real thinker. Yeah, stressing out. Uh, number two. Uh, number two. Not cocaine. Winky, winky face. <laughs> winky face. Uh, I'm about to hold on before you get to number one. I'm about to try something called a milk bottle, which I, being lactose intolerant and vegan, am probably going to vomit all day over. But let's do it. This should be good. It'll be worth it though. I, I really, it's going to be hard to top number two, Calvin. And the number one rejected candy heart message, eat me. <laughs> good to have you back, Alvin. Good to be back. Very good. So far, episode two of Candy Talk is living up to expectations. And, just then some. It, and as a quick down. review of milk bottles, they have almost no sugar in them and just taste like warm, chewy milk. So. <laughs> uh, just what we all want in our candy, Thanks. warm, chewy milk. Thanks a lot, so, Canada. In lieu of a slice, I was actually going to do something different. This is an evolving show. We're still kind of learning the ropes here. I'm going to go around, and I have three questions. I'm going to ask them uh, to you guys to get your feedback on. They're quick questions, and, uh, you know, obviously they're candy-related. Okay, better road trip fuel, Hmm. peach rings, or sour gummy worms. Those are our only two choices because we live in America. Yeah, peach rings, 100%. Yeah, peach rings. They're so delicious, and I don't. If I make squinty face, I'm afraid that I might have a dangerous uh, car issue. Well, as a thing, what if you're what if you're tired and you're about to fall asleep? It's it'll yeah. be driving all day. I think the oh. sour mm, would actually be a good choice. So, peach, so you're saying this is a more nuanced question than it appears. So it's, peach yeah. rings are what you eat from 7 a.m. through about 7 p.m. Then when you switch to the evening. From 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., you got the sour stuff. Yes, unless you're a custodial engineer or you work in a hospital. Interesting. <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got we definitely got to the bottom of that one. Yep. yep. Uh, okay, percentage of the chocolate mystery candies in those heart-shaped boxes that are actually terrible. <laughs> We're thinking like 60%, right? 100%. Because, not 100%. It's 100% that it's 60%. Because when you bite into a coconut flavored anything that's the worst right you don't want you don't want a vegetable involved in candy nobody has ever liked coconut i love coconut it's just a great texture get out of this room it it's a joy in the mouth it's a true joy it's a mouth joy Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so so what percentage of the box do you like the entire box no 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 well no here's the thing even if every single chocolate in that box of chocolate tasted good your experience of eating that is not going to be good because you don't know what 
you're eating. It's I don't, a mystery aspect that takes the enjoyment factor down to, I'm yeah. going to say 40%. Yeah, I don't like mouth surprises. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, so we, we've, we're two questions down. The final one, if your boyfriend slash girlfriend gives you those little cinnamon heart candies that get stuck in the back of your teeth, is it just time to go ahead and break up? The only time those cinnamon heart candies are acceptable is if you're on a Boy Scout camping trip and you <laughs> hollow out an apple, you fill it with those cinnamon candies, you wrap the whole thing in foil over the fire, and it tastes like apple pie once it all melts. Other than that, you got to end the relationship. Wow. That's, that is intense. Calvin, what's your, what's your take on this? I, I don't trust them. Is it the teeth thing? It, there's, They're pretty hard on the teeth. Yeah. There's that, but just the hot factor to them i, I don't that's the problem with you too is the hot factor it's, it's always been <laughs> uh eddie uh in lieu of a slice do you have have you picked out now that you've tried a couple of these candies sitting on the table before you have you picked out your one recommendation yeah i would say the one recommendation that i would have would be to buy american candy uh <laughs> because i've had a lot of canadian candy today and i don't want to hate on canada but everything has been off. I will say, though, there is a cowtail here that I have not enjoyed yet, but I would recommend highly the cowtail and uh, would also recommend strongly, strongly staying away from Cadbury cream eggs because I think that they are filthy and disgusting and filled with egg. Well, we can get in that into, into that in the next candy chat. Oh, yeah, right. th- that I'm actually sorry. brings me to a preview of next, next time's show <laughs> where Calvin will reveal the secret to the perfect Cadbury egg salad. And Eddie will talk, a while, talk about why if you don't bite the ears off a chocolate rabbit first, there may be something wrong with you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> For Pixie Stick and the Sour Patch Kid, Yo. I'm Jesse Carey. Thank you, guys. The candy man can cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste